Kiribati Language Week 2023 comes to an end in New Zealand, and while 50% of Kiribati people in the country speak the Tungaru language, according to the Ministry for Pacific Peoples, there's a need to increase these numbers, especially with a younger generation. Among them is Kiribati artist and University of Auckland student Vaitua Mellon, who also proudly identifies as Banaban, African-American, Samoan and Irish. He joins me on Pacific Waves, Modi Vaitua, what does Kiribati language mean for you? Yeah, for me, uh, Kiribati language is a, it's about reflection and it's kind of a reminder for me to acknowledge and to be proud of my heritage. And I guess as a Kiribati person in the diaspora, I try to use this week um, to, to try and learn at least one thing new in regards to Kiribati language and culture. And I think it's also a reminder for me to keep engaging uh, with learning the language and culture, even when the week is done. Just so it's like a, a one-off kind of thing. Because, you know, language weeks and can, culture can mean different things and can look different for everyone. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's, always, it's, a, it's a life journey. I'm just trying to learn more about myself. I understand that you're also Samoan. What's it like juggling multiple Pacific identities? Yeah, it's always been a bit of a challenge for myself trying to juggle, juggle my different Pacific identities, especially when I'm, like, more connected to one of, the, one of my cultures than the other. And I think that's definitely impacted how I've identified and expressed myself towards others. Because from majority of my life, I've always just told people that I'm Samoan Irish. And I've only said that because I'm closer with that side of my family and that culture. And it depends on my mother, the Kiribati side, where most of her family overseas. It's always found it easy for a general audience to understand the idea of like an apakasi, of just a Samoan white, instead of like having to list all my cultures and Sometimes you know people don't know where or what Kiribati is, so I've I've always tried to avoid that kind of like awkwardness and just simply state that I'm only Samoan and Irish. So yeah, it's been a bit of a juggle. But as I've gotten older and especially going to uni, I've tried to acknowledge and express and identify my Kiribati side more, and especially in like very Polynesian dominated spaces. Um, yeah, I just try to represent my Micronesian side as much as I can. So you also identify as Barnaburn, and not many people are aware of its relationship with Kiribati. I mean, what significance does Kiribati Language Week hold for them? Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I've really come to really understand the relationship between Barnaburn and Kiribati only recently. And um, yeah, I'm Barnaburn and Kiribati, my maternal grandfather's side, so from my grandfather, Tabaki Tawatewa. And so currently, Barnaba is a part of Kiribati's territory, and that's because Barnaba was handed over by the British when Kiribati gained independence in 1979. And you know, as a result of that, like Barnaba, the Barnaban language has died, and most Barnabans now speak Gilbertese. And you know, prior to the process of colonization, you know, Barnaba was was its own independent nation, its own culture, with its own language, and that history is often obscured and. I think as a person of both Barnabin and Kiribati heritage, I, like during this week, I try to honour both both sides, both cultures, and you know, that, and it's and it's difficult to do that because I think uh, for me, Barnabin, like Kiribati, Kiribati language, because there's a, there's a lot of ambivalence there, there's a lot of mixed feelings, and I think the best that we can that Barnabins can do during this time is to celebrate um, their culture, our culture, but you know, also acknowledge the relationship between Barnabin. And get us, but also to acknowledge the cultural differences too. So I think there's just a lot of ambivalence, but you know, that gives us, I think that gives us an opportunity to also celebrate our culture too, Barnabin culture. 
Would you say that you're fluent speaking Kiribati, or do you find it's more easier or harder than the Samoan language? Uh, I'd say my proficiency for both Kiribati and Samoan languages is very low, um, but I'm still on that path of trying to learn both the languages. And but as of now, I'd say I understand uh, Samoan better than I can understand Gilbertese. But when I hear, when I do hear the Kiribati language, it, it's very it's just super cool to listen to. It's so interesting and especially the tone in which it's spoken, the cadence and the sound. But yes, I'm, I'm still very much tr- still trying to learn my Pacific languages. How are you learning Kiribati language at the moment? I I often like just I also ask a lot of questions towards my auntie, my aunties and um and my grandfather. And it's very small. I'd say it's very small little efforts. It's like little gestures of trying to like learn a language. Um, particularly like when it comes to when I'm speaking in front of a crowd, for example, or a speech, I try to incorporate a kid of us greeting, or I try to finish off my my speech in a kid of us like in a saying or a phrase. Little things like that. Um, that's how I feel like I can gesture or like engage, like with little steps uh, into learning the culture. But yeah, still still working on it. For sure. For all the people listening, uh, there are two. There are two. Uh, I've been saying for you. So if you ever saying goodbye or best wishes. Or thank you. You can say "kambasirapa," "kambasirapa," which is the plural version. Or if you're saying thank you to one person, you can say "ko basirapa." So "kambasirapa" for plural, "ko basirapa" singular. And also "happy matsuriki" as well. Besides the language and culture, what are some of the things that you want people to be more aware of when it comes to Kiribati? I think the, the biggest thing. I would encourage people to be more aware about when it comes to Kiribati. Like kind of the issues around cl- the climate crisis and mm. just the threat that not only poses to the loss of land, but also to the loss of like the culture and cultural identity. And I think, um, you know, that, I think the climate change extends, ish- the climate change issue extends all across the Pacific. And I think, um, we c- I think a lot of people can learn a lot from trying to understand or being aware of those issues taking place in the Pacific. Just because it affects all of us, really, if we think about it. So I don't know. I think, I think climate climate crisis is a really huge um, part of Kiribati. We can be a, a bit more aware about. Your mother and fa- uh, father they're well known in terms of the academia space. Did you ever feel that there was pressure on you to follow in their footsteps? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I would say I've never really felt the pressure. I've definitely acknowledged the kind of like. Um, I think the privilege that I've I've had of them being in those spaces. Um, but yeah, I'm very I'm very content with myself, and I know I am my own person, um, and I'm trying to find my own feet. So yeah, I'm, I I can understand how the, I, the perceptions of pressure could be there, but I, w- I wouldn't say I feel pressure for myself uh, uh, considering their background. Awesome. So looking towards the future, what are your aspirations or dreams? I think a big aspiration is to definitely uh, visit Kiribati in person at some point before before it's too late. Um, but yeah, I, I think yeah, I just want to do the best I can to represent uh, my my family um, and just to re- represent my cultures and put my cultures out there and help those communities. And yeah, one small step at a time, really. But yes, I. In terms of career, I'm not too sure, but I know I just want to do something that helps my helps my culture and the community that I belong to.